like to welcome strangers to Talkumentary, a show where we watch documentaries and then get together and talk about them. Ladies and gentlemen, watch now. Uh, what we're going to do is a little demonstration here. For this, though, I would like to take the lights down just a little bit. Can we have the lights down? DJ, DJ, can you please turn the lights down? Turn the lights down. DJ, okay, there they go. For this demonstration, I'm going to need a volunteer from the audience. Can I have a, where, right there, a young, young lady in the front row. Can you come up here, please? Oh, yes. What, what's your name? Uh, it's Katie, hi. Katie, do you trust me? No. <laughs> okay, well, here, don't, don't move from that spot. Uh, you will not get hurt if you do not move. Uh, don't move. If you do, I might accidentally hit you with another episode of Talkumentary. All right, here we go. Oh my God! Oh my God! Uh, I, uh, I just hit her with another episode of Talkumentary. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that poor girl. I know. <laughs> but do you trust me? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I thought you were supposed to say yes. No. Do I trust me? Oh yeah, I trust myself. Welcome, everyone, to the 32nd episode of Talkumentary. Whoa. Whoa. I am your illusionist for the night, or magician, however you want to say that. Uh, the Colossal Kalaski. Uh, allow me to introduce my lovely assistant, looking dashing as ever in his uh, nice leotard he's got on today, Mr. Bryce Necker. Hello. Hello, Bryce. We'll be... Sawing you in half later, so, so hang, hang out for a while. Uh, for our first trick, I'm going to need two unlikely suckers from the audience. The two in the front row, what are your names? Everyone welcome King James and Lady Katie. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the, the documentary magic show, ladies and gentlemen. Before our first uh, demonstration here, I want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, normally, I do this at the end of the show, but just like last week, since a lot of you don't listen to the end, which you should, because you'll never know what kind of secrets we hide at the end of our shows, um, if you don't stick around. So I'm going to say this now, abracadabra, go out, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming services. It helps us to know what you think of our show, if there's things that we can do better or there's things that you love or anything like that. Or if you just want to bitch at us for cackling like little hens or something like Which that, go ahead. We love the hate. If you want to connect to our crew, you can look for us at Documentary Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or you can email us at info.documentary at gmail.com. Enough with that shit. This week... We took the stage for a look into the life of a dying magician, but also into the bizarre story of the film crew, or crews, that filmed his documentary. We endured a wild 91 minutes of meth-fueled magic mayhem in a documentary called The Amazing Jonathan Documentary. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first email you ever sent to me? No. It's very short, very simple. So it ends with, if we just stick to the truth. What's your point to this? What are you saying, Ben? Put your hands together for Amazing Jonathan. The Amazing Jonathan sort of deconstructed magic. 
He was like a rebel magician. I loved him. I performed in over 100 TV shows, made millions of dollars, and everything came crashing down when I was told I had a year to live. It's not a joke. So, my diagnosis with a heart problem was years ago. I'm overdue. Do a little speed now and then. He's never going to quit. I want to go back on the road and do some more shows. He associates the success with the drugs. What are we telling him to go back to? It's not a good idea. What if he died on stage with people laughing because they thought it was part of his bit? Do you think there's any chance he's fabricating his diagnosis? The amazing Jonathan setting off a little bit of a comeback tour. Is he still sick? You know, you just never know with him. Is this a joke? Every morning I wake up worrying that he's going to not be alive anymore. Everyone thought that the whole dying bit was a prank. I feel dizzy. You need answers, buddy. Why are you even asking me that? Are you disappointed that I'm not dying in your time frame? Oh, don't, don't go. You're wasting my time. What is really going on? This is way out of my realm. It's like private investigator work. Access might be cut off. I feel bad that I'm using him for his death. It's been going on for too long. He's been working on this for years. You need to finish something up. You're dealing with a mess. And they don't want to be filmed. <laughs> what is the story here? I want you to smoke with me. If I was in your shoes, I would smoke meth. It's guns of journalism. Keep telling yourself that. Absolutely not. You have to. I'm making a documentary on you. The other documentary team was there. So is it a race to get yours out first now? Why don't you see how weird that is? They do. We both gonna kill each other. This documentary was a wild ride that begins very ordinary, but quickly turns into an increasingly bizarre uh, array of twists and turns. Um, I get the feeling, if I'm reading your mental minds, Wow. Are you really lines. fucking asleep, nope. James? Nope. <laughs> Wake up. I am not asleep. I'm just waiting for you guys. And... You didn't respond at all to my mental minds comment. I know and it. And I wasn't going to do it. Your this head time. is drooping to the side. I said, I ain't going to mess with it this time. All right. <laughs> the mental mind, there's no such thing. I'm, I'm reading your mental mind over there, James, <laughs> and all of you in this room. And I'm, I'm getting a premonition that we did not all feel the same about this documentary. <laughs> what did you guys think? Bryce, let's start with you, buddy. This was your choice, but we'll get into why you chose it. But what did you think of this? Um, you, you know, it, it was one that I watched uh, a while back, and it it surprised me mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed it because it starts out and I feel like, you know, it's an interesting enough documentary about a co comic magician. Mm -hmm. Um, and he happens to do a lot of meth. Let's watch that, you know? Sure. But, uh, he, there's just treasures along the way that keep you, uh, riveted with <laughs> excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Katie. I thought it was trash. <laughs> um, we'll get into why you thought it was yeah. trash, but yeah, yeah, get the overall. Yes, overall, uh, yeah. yeah, garbage. I, Bryce, I um, <laughs> have lost some faith in you, but um, you can always win it back because you're very funny. What's? Well, it's not my fault. It was there to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, James, man, wake up. What, I'm up. What'd you, what'd you think? I think that 
It was all right. It was all right. I like it. So we had a, it was good, it was bad, and it was all right. It was all right. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. In a lot, a lot of different, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. This was definitely one unlike anything we've watched. It's not, uh, and you know, before we started recording, Katie even mentioned this, we didn't really learn anything in this one. So it's not, it's not anything, uh, you know, some, a lot of times, not I always. I feel better after watching it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times documentaries are, you know, you get something out of it. This, I don't know if we did, but I enjoyed this. I thought, I thought it was great. This, this might be one of the first ones where I was actually going like, what's going to happen? <laughs> like, like this, this, it wrote out like a, uh, more of, you know, you, you could see this being like, a um, like an actual film, like made into a movie or yeah. something like that. Um, so anyway, I thought it was pretty good. It was directed and written by Ben Berman, executive produced by, spoiler alert, Simon Chin. Uh, this film was an anonymous content, Cold Iron Pictures and Horse, Horse, Horse production. Uh, this was a Hulu documentary streamed on Hulu. The Amazing Jonathan documentary certified fresh with on Rotten Tomatoes with an 80% tomato meter with 41 reviews and an audience score of 56 with over 100 ratings. So it looks like critics and uh, audience, critics and audience were, were at odds with each other. Uh, we had an 80% for critics and then 56% with audience. So hmm. More like Katie was the audience and James and Bryce were the critics here. So way to go, guys. Way to go. <laughs> Here's a few of those reviews. Eddie Harrison of the list gave it four out of five stars. He said timely, infuriating, and empathetic. Bergman's personable account of a film gone wrong makes for an engrossing diversion into practical magic. And then Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian, who gave two out of five stars, says for 91 tiring minutes, director Ben Berman sorts, sort of tells us a story that is sort of interesting, but maybe not really, padding the film with selfie footage of his own chaotic production problems. So I, Katie's <laughs> nodding her head. For those of you watching yeah, that, on YouTube, you that, see uh, Katie's nodding her head going, yes, yes, Peter thank Bradshaw. You, sir, you got it. <laughs> anyway, we'll have a link with credit information in the show notes. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> A quick warning before we get into this episode, and here's something that I can't usually say. So we're this is our spoiler alert. This is a documentary that actually could be spoiled for you. So um, there is some things that you don't expect that happen throughout this thing. And if you're like me, you were a little bit in awe of that. So if you care about that, go and watch this before you listen to us. Most of the time, I don't think it's necessarily necessary to necessarily go out and necessarily watch <laughs> the... That's a lot of necessary. <laughs> was that necessary? <laughs> that was the most unnecessary not, amount not of... necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Amazing Jonathan documentary. Why did we watch this? Bryce! <laughs> It took you no time at all to name a doc this documentary when I asked mm -hmm. you to pick one, um, and you've yeah. been looking forward th to this one for a while. Tell me why. Uh, it's just it's such a funny documentary to me mm -hmm. because this has your humor written all over it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> honestly, big fan of the amazing Jonathan's uh, stand up. Yeah. Not that I've seen it before this documentary or after, right? But <laughs> The little bits we see in here, I'm just like, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's a it's a picture holding a picture in a picture 
of a pitcher. Right. I'll, I'll concede that was a good point. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And the, the uh, <laughs> you know, he his some of his jokes and things were, you know, can we bring the lights down? Can we bring the lights down? And then an actual light falls from the ceiling. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's too far. It's too far. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. You yeah. know, that's that's got Bryce Necker written all over or, it. Or how he'll start a joke and then complete have someone on stage and he's going to go with that magic mm-hmm. illusion or whatever and then he gets sidetracked and does like five <laughs> other things and never gets back to the thing he pulled the guy on stage for yeah and the guy's just kind of standing there like yeah. uh <laughs> yeah it's an interesting thing and there's a reason he got as famous as he did for a time i mean people liked that yeah. so how about uh Katie and James did you guys have any predictions going into this um had you seen it before no, this is my first time seeing it. Yeah. I didn't have any prediction going on because this is like one I just wanted to see what would happen, what, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it was it was interesting. It was interesting. He did have some funny jokes on there, you know. Yeah. Especially the one where it says, this is where the rings are together. And now they're locked. That's enough of that. And he throws the rings. Yeah, he's like, but, the side. but they come that way, so it yeah, made it a lot easier. It made it a lot easier. Big time saver. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Katie, yeah. did you what were your predictions going into this? We I sent you the link saying the amazing Jonathan documentary and you you thought, "Huh." I thought this is about a child who wants to become a magician. And I was very sorely disappointed. <laughs> uh but then when they when it opened, I thought it was going to be a story about ALS, uh a magician dying of ALS and then would end with him in the hospital. Oh. And uh Took a different turn, but not terribly different, and yeah. then just totally imploded. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, for myself, I definitely expected, you know, just from looking at the the like the trailer and and the um uh, the like movie poster kind of thing, I definitely expected sort of a a rough like drug induced the decline of a magician. I thought it was going to be more of a we watch his decline health wise, which I think it was kind of what Katie was saying. Um, I definitely didn't expect the drama of the film crew and the involvement of Ben Berman in the film. Um, that that was pretty surprising to me. Imagine how surprised he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. So instead of giving a synopsis for this documentary, I think I want to kind of tell the story of this documentary and sort of in a timeline fashion. So we haven't technically given away any major spoilers at this point. So... Um, I think let's talk about each scene as it plays out. Are we all good with that? I'll sort of, uh, you know, keep us going. And then rather than just blurting out our standout moments, we'll we'll go sort of scene by scene. Let's give it a try. Um, if it doesn't work out, well, neither neither did uh, the, the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the film starts out in the room with Jonathan and Ben talking to an Echo Dot. Um being read trivia questions, things like that. Then being asked, you know, the amazing Jonathan, ask about the amazing Jonathan. And Echo was able to give a full description. And I think we kind of quickly find out that Jonathan Seasels, uh, Seasels, something like that, that uh, AKA the amazing Jonathan, uh, we find out he was diagnosed in 2007 from cardiomyopathy, uh, which is a heart disease that affects the muscles and makes it harder for the heart to pump blood to the rest of his body. Um, the diagnosis basically made in Jonathan's own words, everything come crashing down as he was told he only had about a year to live. Um, you know, what a difficult thing to find out no matter who you are, you know, if you, you're told 
hey, you've got this thing and you're going to die and right. you probably only have a year. Um, for a while, Jonathan kind of shuts down and it's, you know, it seemed, and they said, uh, I, I, several people they talked to, the wind was taken out of his sails. You know, this was a guy who was full of energy. He was full of uh, vigor and, he, you know, eh, what, however much of that energy was cocaine fueled, you know, yeah. but how do you guys think he would feel if you got that documentary or <laughs> wow. <laughs> Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thank you, James. So, I mean, you've had your, your share of health scares. What if you, what if you got a word from the doctor and said, you got a year left? Yep, I was just talking to Bryce about this earlier today, many steps and stuff that you feel, what would you regret? Mm. You know, with the things, you know, and, uh, I thought facing your fears would be one of the things, you know, and I was telling Bryce that um, uh, fear is temporary, but regrets are forever. Mm -hmm. So, wow. you know, and I was just thinking about that. So a lot of it's making changes in your life. And what he did in this video, I don't know if I'm going ahead, but in this video, what he did was live what he loved doing. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yep. He lived what he loved doing, and he didn't stop. He, he stopped for a little bit, yeah. and he went went on with it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, you know. So you you're feeling like instead of, I'm gonna come back to that. Let's 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 keep going, Katie. Br yeah, let's Katie. I mean, <laughs> you get that diagnosis. Are you are you feeling the same as James? Are you gonna change I, the way you live? I wish I could be that philosophical and deep. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I would buy a plane ticket. Yeah. And uh, start in Europe and then work my way around the world. However um, long you could go kind of deal. Yeah. I just start where I wanted to and keep going and then spend the last few moments with my family and friends. But first, there's just you, – you have to be a part of the world, I think. And that's what I would want to do. Yeah. Rack up a credit card. Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't charge me later, but yeah. it's too bad for the rest of the family. Yeah. Whoever gets stuck yeah. with that, whatever. <laughs> the bank will take it back. Yep. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Bryce – uh, I mean that's a that's a heavy thing to think about. I know, especially at the introduction to a, a fairly lighthearted episode. But yeah, I mean, I, I, apparently I just keep picking documentaries that have death involved. That people die. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think if I were to be diagnosed with something, uh, I don't know what I would do, and I don't think anyone really, really does. does. Yeah, and. Um, I think I'd just sit on that for a while and then maybe go see a movie or something. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that I was interested to see what you guys were going to say, because, James, you right off the top, you said I would I would start changing the way I live and, <laughs> and that. And I think that might be that might be a little bit opposite from what a lot of people would do. I feel like if I knew I only had a year left, I'm more with with Katie where I'm going to eat the things I want to eat. I'm going to, you know, drink the things I want to drink. I'm going to travel. I'm going to rack up the debt. I'm going to, you know, because what's it matter at this point? Now, it's a little mm -hmm. bit different. You know, I don't want to stick my family with a bunch of debt or anything like that. So maybe maybe not so much in that. And also, you wonder about how good you're going to feel during that last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to um, suffer. Right. You know, am I yeah. going to feel like I can go out and travel Europe or, you know, and, that sort of thing? And, but That's good. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and another thing. You know, when you live your life like this, living your life and stuff, and there's, there's a lot of things like you might regret, like just constantly working and not spending time doing the, some of the things you like to do, like Katie's saying. Yeah. Or you might want to be more surrounded. I have more to do with the people that 
you, that you you love, love you love people, yep. your family, ones that are in your circle. You might want to spend more time with them and say, hey, let's have this fun. Uh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. I personally probably wouldn't tell anybody in my family that I only had a year to live. You better tell me. I would be so mad at you if I found out you knew that. I'd be like, I'm sitting here working you like a dog at work and, mm-hmm. and you're dying. No. Like a Hebrew, like a Hebrew out there just sweating in the sun and <laughs> what? glistening off my eyes, water running off my eyeballs. Should I ask him to explain the reference? Uh, I think, go. Hebrews were, I don't know. <laughs> Hebrews were a slave back in Egypt. Oh, so like got a it, Hebrew, got it, got it. Yeah. Yep, I'm following. So. Yeah, a lot of people will get that, but you know, the the uncultured people. Oh, <laughs> no, shut <I> mean, up. <laughs> that's a bit that's of humor. a good one. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little humor, that's all. But uh, yeah, I, I think I would like that because no one ever asked if they were dying on their deathbed. Yeah. No one would ask, is my car clean? Nope. Yeah. Is my house clean? Uh, right. I got enough money? They would all ask, like, Where's my sister? Uh, where's my mother? Where's my uncle? Where's something? Or even your dog? Where's my pet at? You know, hell yeah. You know, something yeah. like that. You know, those are things that go through your mind. So that goes through my mind probably. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I. I'm so glad I ate that salad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No. It's. I. I want another quesadilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of that, that sounds pretty good. Right? Oh, that yeah. does sound good. Um, <laughs> so they jump to. So all right. So we find out that he's got you know this diagnosis. He's got a year to live. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we get a, a we get hit with three years later. <laughs> um, mm. Obviously, Jonathan's still alive and kicking. Ben Berman, the director of this film, uh, at this point doesn't really show himself very much in the documentary. Uh, he's sort of doing what documentarians do most of the time, and that's sort of staying in the background. Uh, we learn that Jonathan stored it. Started doing magic when he was a young man, doing birthday parties for kids. As time went on, he got interested in drugs. Um, He says that he was addicted to cocaine for 20 years, but then he stopped doing coke because a little thing called speed came along, um, which he jokingly says, speed got me off of coke. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Speed and meth and or meth, kind of the same thing. Little differences. I looked them up, but they're pretty minute. They're pretty much doing the same thing to you. Um, The way that I understood it. Mm. Is that... James, in your experience with the uh, speed and meth world, is that kind of the same thing, or do you not know? I don't know nothing about speed, but meth meth is very deteriorating, body deteriorating. Stick the bone density, you yep. lose tooth. With with um, coke, coke doesn't really do that. Uh, we're gonna switch up the coke from powder to uh, uh, crack. the crack. Crack oh. and coke is the exact same thing. One is just added with water and baking soda mix and have it consolidate to a solid piece. And then you smoke tur- it. And then you can smoke it. Right. Same type of method, same thing. But I just think uh, you could smoke uh, crack and it won't keep you up all day. But meth, you cannot go to sleep for days on end. Oh, you know. Sounds awful. Yeah, this I is true. Trust me. Um. You know, so during this, you know, quote unquote, drug enriched time of of Jonathan's life, he gains success. He gets Mm -hmm. super famous in his circles. He, you know, 
is on a bunch of late night shows. He's playing in casinos. He was famous. I mean, right. he yeah. performed for two presidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah which I've is pretty. Cool. Was, I mean, it was Reagan, was really, yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> bigger stage than we've been on so far. Uh, if there's any, <laughs> if, if there's any current or or former presidents listening right now, we're um, here for offer. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, come on, we'll talk. Yep, come. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, I don't really want to. Um, anyway, we get a, a lot of uh, pretty big named magicians and comedians, you know, giving him some real pot. We got Carrot Top. Yep. It was yep. looking wonderful. Mm-hmm. Eric Andre. He done yeah. beefed up a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, because a lot a lot of his success happened when he was doing hard drugs, um, they believe that Jonathan sort of started associating his success with drug use. So he found it pointless to stop. Now, probably too you know proud to admit the fact that he was addicted hardcore so it's not just Mm -hmm. pointless it's difficult to stop um especially after he's been given a death sentence so that a little bit goes back to what we were talking about Mm -hmm. it's almost like fuck it if i'm dying right why why go through the withdrawals and everything i'm just gonna keep doing this you know i mean it is it is what it is i thought it was kind of weird because the way his wife explained how just the top part of his heart was beating yeah Yeah. and you know if that's all you got beating, and you want to speed that little bit up with speed, thank <laughs> God. Maybe it would help. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the okay. doctors so can't was... officially say it, but <laughs> I, I mean, are we are we are we dipping into you know you know unpopular territory uh-huh. when we say? Oh, so you're trying to say like uh, Viagra? Viagra started off as a heart a heart drug, yep. and, and ended up burner. being a it it being a little uh, arousal drug, you know what I mean? So, same thing. Maybe you're going to say meth. If you got a real bad, bad heart, well, it's, try you, meth. You know, I don't think that going. anybody would, would, would necessarily endorse that. But you're kind of going, if he was already addicted to this recreationally, mm-hmm. you know, he lasted a long time. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lasted a long time after this original diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And... You got to kind of wonder. I, I scratch my head and go, could that have been making his heart move faster and do more? <laughs> I mean, I hate to, mm-hmm. to speculate that, but. I think um, he took all his pills and did everything he had to do yeah. on top of that, you know. Yep. Um, which, by the way, him swallowing that horse pill was really d- tough to watch. Mm. <laughs> Oh my god. I still I still couldn't tell if he was if he was joking or not. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Well, the sweat on his forehead it. told me he was really trying. Yeah. But I yeah. still thought like that pill wasn't that bad. No, I've I've yeah. I've taken worse me pills too. than that just for yep. antibiotics and yeah. things like that. They're chalky. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gross. I'm not saying I like it. I just <laughs> yeah. Um so Jonathan decides he wants to go back on stage. Um he starts doing shows again, a final tour of sorts. Talk to me about Jonathan's return to magic. Um, so he was using some of his old acts, um, not writing much new, finding props like an hour before the show. What do you think this was all about? His return to magic. What's what was his reasoning for that? What was I? Right? I think just as a person, he's so much of a performer. Like he would sit there and watch his old videos, and he would quote them word for word as he's doing math. You know, mm, yeah. and like his whole life is been a performance so he's 
sitting at home for the first time, not working and bored out of his mind. Yeah. Like he's floating around in the pool and uh-huh. stuff, but mm. how long can he do that before he's like, I want to go die on stage or something. Right. right. So something yeah. he liked. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, hey, I'm going to die. I want to so, die what I like doing, yeah. not what I love doing. So that's say. Yeah. Well, the thing that made me all the success, the thing that made me all this money, I mean, they even talked about it early on. Um, like, that's one of the things they don't tell you about getting rich and famous that you don't have to work. You start kind of getting bored and like, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, Katie, you've kind of feeling the same way. His return was more of a, <clears throat> I'm bored and I want to do something. Or was this a, was he trying to like 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 regain some of his fame or what think, are your thoughts? I think uh, when he didn't die at the proposed time, mm-hmm. um, he became distracted and probably restless yeah. and wanted to feel what he used to feel regardless of what it was going to do to his body. And yeah. he disregarded his wife's feelings and his doctor's feelings because the only life he knew was the life on stage. And if that's what makes you happy, the one thing that makes you happy, I mean, who's going to stop you? Right. And if he's, I mean, they're not stopping him from doing drugs. So really his life is in his own hands. And right. yeah. I mean, I can't blame him if he's miserable at home and yeah. what he loves to do is to be on stage. It may not be the best show. It may yeah. not be the greatest but yeah. if he's happy doing what he's doing then. yeah and and the first show didn't go great no. i mean ben came in and he asks him how was the first show <laughs> you remember how he responded oh, yeah. um he says shut up leave me the fuck alone oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then he said he like he basically said get the fuck out of the room i don't yeah. want to talk about it but at the in that same sentence you know kind of he says but each show will get better each show will get better mm-hmm. yeah He's like, this is how it goes. The first one's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so maybe he's hamming it up for the camera. You kind of wonder, he's a performer. So how much of what we saw in this documentary was a performance? Right. Probably a lot of it would be my guess, especially as we get further and we we see some of the things that we'll see, but we'll get there. Um, Jonathan's wife starts talking about how she's afraid Jonathan's going to die on stage like Tommy Cooper, who was a magician kind of com- comic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of an older generation. And everyone was laughing at him, thinking it was part of his bit, which you have to kind of expect. It's kind of like, you know, if... That was terrifying. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, you know, if Houdini had actually drowned in, in the thing, people would be sitting there wondering, like, when's he going to wake up, you know, in, in, because it seems like it's all part of the act. Well... You know, that's probably what it seemed like. He, he seemed like he was joking. So you're going to laugh because you're trying to give him a good show, but you're sitting there laughing at him. And no wife wants to see their husband die on film and on stage. Or killing himself or doing drugs essentially, and on yes, film. Essentially mm-hmm. killing himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is sort of his rise back into, you know, at least how the filmmakers did it, his rise back into... Um, the spotlight in some ways. They spring into sort of a montage of him getting ready to get back into it. Um, You know, he's, you know, wiring things up. He's planning all that good stuff. Um, Writing, sorry, the, uh, you know, his his new show and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting ready for the meteoric rise from the ashes of the amazing... Jonathan, right? Because he came back. Like a phoenix rising. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, 
And this is sort of the point in the documentary where we find out a bit of shocking news, or more so, uh, Ben Berman finds out some shocking news. Um, Ben Berman being the filmmaker. He finds out after about six months into his filming of Jonathan and following him around and asking him questions and doing all this, that Jonathan has actually allowed a second documentary film crew to start making a documentary about the amazing Jonathan. Um, (laughs) There can't be enough material. Right, right. Why did Jonathan allow this, you guys think? Well, they had really good credentials. Right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they did. So-called. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, he said more than merrier. Why not? Okay, so... Why not? More than merrier. Why not? So he thought... He thought... Fuck it. If there's two people wanting to do a film on me, we're going to let them do it. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. So the second crew was touting that they were from the same production company that won several Oscars for Man on Wire and Searching for Sugar Man, which Mm. are, you know, well-renowned documentaries that Mm -hmm. won awards. Um, I actually looked into doing Searching for Sugar Man on this show. Um Someday we'll probably get to both of those. Mm. I would, I would imagine. Uh, you, stay tuned, and we'll, we'll, you'll find out. Go ahead, James. <laughs> oh, nothing. I was gonna say was that like searching for Hoffa, you know? <laughs> not Jimmy Hoffa. Not Jimmy no, Hoffa. no I, I don't. Sugar Man and Jimmy Hoffa are in the same spot, you guys. No, it's like so Candyman. If, no, if, if I remember right, uh, um, searching for Sugar Man was about a um, uh, a musician that uh, I'm gonna look it up here real quick. Should have looked. I was gonna look, but then yeah, I was like, it's it's care. a it's a magician. So, uh, two South Africans set out to discover what happened to their unlikely musical hero, the mysterious 1970s rock and roller Rodriguez, um, also known as Sugar Man. So, mm, um, yeah, uh, it seemed pretty cool. I watched the the trailer when we were deciding our schedule for for this show. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Jonathan was super stoked about this film crew coming because he's going, these guys won Oscars. They're they're great. He's telling everyone that wants to hear it, these guys are wonderful. Ben, not so much. <laughs> uh, and you kind of see the tensions start to rise uh, between Ben and the second documentary crew. Um, the second crew was was pretty lame. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, uh, so, totally lame, man. Yeah, they were lame. Talk to me about Ben's interactions with that crew. Tell our, our wonderful listeners, um, you know, what what that was like for him. I mean, we saw blurred faces. We saw, mm-hmm. we heard distorted voices. They didn't want nothing to do with this documentary. They, Good. They were very cordial for being arch nemesis right. <laughs> moment. Nemesis. Like, nemesis. Um, it's uncomfortable. But it's like, mm-hmm. like Ben's friend was saying... Um, you show up to work to your desk, and there's already someone, <laughs> someone at your sitting desk. there doing the same job. Are you gonna keep doing the job? <laughs> Are you gonna keep doing the job, like, um, and it's just like it's messy. They they would show yeah. up to the same like theaters, and then the other crew would take all the all Lighting the filming spots, points yeah. before yeah. he got there, and yeah. then like even on the bus. He's filming the other crew, and he's like, oh, I don't really want to be in your thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Ben, it, he kind of – he wanted to make the dueling documentarians, you know, part of the story, you know, at one point. Because mm-hmm. he, mm-hmm. he's sitting here trying to go, how do we make this not weird? 
There's just not enough content. It's one magician. (laughs) What else are you going to do? Oh, there's another crew here. That's awfully weird. We should talk about that. The elephant in the room, for goodness sake. Exactly. Because what else are we going to talk about? We're sitting here watching this guy smoking meth, and then he'll go on stage and do the same show he's done 300 times. times, Yeah. yeah. Um, Would you guys have been as accommodating to that second crew, do you feel like? I think I would have just been following him around like, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Just to annoy him, because like, yeah. why are you here? Yeah, this is just so weird. Yeah, and I was here first. Yeah, yeah, but they won two Academy Awards. <laughs> right? Do you two have it in your pocket? Is. is he here? Can I see Oscar? Yeah, where is where is that golden goodie? Um, yeah, I don't know that I would. You know, if I'm sitting here going, okay, if someone else started a a podcast where they watch documentaries and then talk about them and they called it like documentary or something like that <laughs> and i'm going hold on a second like this was kind of hard not to say that nobody does this but you know watching the same documentaries every week and what you know following yeah. our schedule and doing the same the same content and everything we'd send them poop in a bag right right i feel like i wouldn't be <laughs> as i wouldn't be like well we just got to do it better <laughs> i feel like the the defensive part of me would be like nah nah homie <laughs> this is our territory <laughs> this is my thing <laughs> we got to make them stop yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want you don't want my mom coming after you <laughs> nope my mom's listening to this by the way so she's a cool and sweet and nice lady that's true <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, so Ben becomes, he, he kind of starts to become a bigger part of the story here, not as much as the background character, because once the second documentary film crew gets involved, uh, it stops becoming as much about the amazing Jonathan and starts becoming more about the dueling documentarians about the amazing Jonathan. Um, he begins to, or we begin to uh, learn a little more about his background, his desire to film and document from an early age. Uh, he lost his mother when he was 11. Um, he starts talking about how conflicted he was, deciding if he should continue going uh, with with the film because of this you know, big wig company out there filming. And has Jonathan's bigger endorsement. I mean... Jonathan's sitting there going, well, they should be the first ones to release anything. And, yeah, they're more renowned. He goes on the radio, and he kind of gives Ben a hard time going, where are your Oscars? You know, like, 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 this is going to be great. You know, Ben's right there. So I started feeling kind of bad for Ben in some points because I'm going, so this is, if I remember right, this is Ben's directorial debut. Like, this is kind of his first thing. And, uh you know, he's sitting there going, I'm being outdone. And the person, the subject of my documentary likes them better anyway, you know? Um, but Ben's, uh, friend gives him a little advice, uh, that I, I really loved. He first, he said, you have to finish the documentary. He's like, you have to do it. But he says, the next thing he says is metal, be meddlesome. Yeah. He goes, be very passive aggressive and meddlesome. Be very positive on the outside but inside you can be negative and troubled. Poke, 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 <laughs> yeah. poke. <laughs> po- yeah, exactly. Poke them. See what's going on, you know? Um, so saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is sort of when, uh, and I do like that that Ben had the ear of a bunch of these comedians and, and magicians because he's telling them and that. Their I, reactions were amazing. They were, yeah. They, they, he, You could tell he just told them that there was a second film mm-hmm. crew and they're all sitting there like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, we're, really? Weird Al was like, 
what what's oh, with, what Al. happens to your documentary? Yeah, <laughs> what happens yeah. to this one? That sympathy, <laughs> yeah. that empathy he had. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you guys feel at that point when after you kind of we find out that he's got the second film crew? How are you guys? How are you guys feeling at this point in the documentary? Ridiculous. 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 Okay. It's it's supposed to be a documentary about a guy who's a magician who's going back to doing it after mm-hmm. he had a life changing diagnosis. And did he hire this documentary or did they come to him? That's what I feel like we never found out. Yeah. And it just didn't make any sense. And for the rest of the documentary, none of it made any sense. Right. And it was just <laughs> bizarre. It was is bizarre, the, is the and right I word. hated it. So. <laughs> James, what about you, man? How'd you feel after finding out the second crew was there? That's what I my just perked up. I guess said, "Oh, he got sick of us. Let's see what's going to happen now." Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what so I was had you glued. At. I mean, it, it had yeah, me glued it broke too. Me in like, when it, it did I like, but uh, all all in all, no one really asked Jonathan that. I said, "Jonathan, what you want us to do?" Jonathan was like, "What the heck? I'm just, hey, why not?" You know. Yeah, he kept saying. If they want, if there's two crews that want to follow me around and and whatever, then let them. Let them do it. <laughs> he had no loyalty. They, mm-hmm. they want to fight over me. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gonna battle to the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, the, in the documentary, uh, Bryce, did he call Ben to do the documentary for you? No, I don't think I don't he think called so. anyone. I think he was just a famous comedian who was supposed to be dead mm-hmm. and wasn't. And yeah, all of I think them that, reached out to him. Yeah. And, yeah. Really? And when, I, when you know, he announced the, the new shows, that's when the new crew jumped it. on and took over. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they wanted, he's coming back from the dead to do these shows. So yep. That's yep. right. The, uh, I think there's something to be said about, oh, Jonathan only has a year to live. And then after three years, you're going, hold on, maybe we have a... A subject for a story so people's yeah. ears start to perk up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but the impression that i got was what what bryce said i don't i don't know that jonathan reached out to anybody i think yeah. i think people were coming to him going can i tell your story <laughs> can i follow you around for a while mm-hmm. um so we start to watch jonathan's health as it seems to kind of continue to deteriorate maybe um, it's becoming harder for him to complete some of his magic shows. His hands aren't as nimble as they used to be. And if you're an illusionist, sleight of hand and things are pretty important. But the good thing in his favor is a lot of his comedy was supposed to kind of be slapstick and yeah, messy. Yeah. We're like, okay, if the fake tongue falls out of his mouth, he's just going to play it off as a joke and the people are going to laugh at that. It's, you know, if, if you're going to be a comedy magician, with with a a debilitating disease of some sort or deteriorating health, uh, that's the type of magician to be. If you're if you're doing like really intricate stuff, you might not be able to continue going as long as he was able to do. Right. Um, so, but it is becoming harder for him to do it. Uh, he tries to act unaffected. He's proud, but you can tell he's affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the while, during the whole documentary, from time to time, he steals away to go smoke meth. He says, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. And he grabs mm-hmm. his little kit and he goes to the bathroom. And um, then he opens the door and says, do you have my lighter? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep, and and you see his wife too. hand it to him and, he, and she looks so sad. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I felt bad for her. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want his smoking meth to be on camera. And they talk about that. Um, they can talk about it as much as they want, but they can't show it. They have to put a little black box over 
the meth pipe, you know, which is like, okay, I mean, you can see what you're doing. But um, that was a little weird to me. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of legal ramifications. Yeah, I don't know what kind of legal ramifications, like like Katie said, I don't, I don't know what that world is like. But anyway, Ben takes a little trip with his dad and his stepmom to a beautiful little coastal house in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, um, which is very close to where Andrew Milko lives. Uh, I believe he even mentions each East Greenwich in our Sleepless Unrest episode. So go check out our episode on the Sleepless Unrest um, and and see Andrew. He's also in Stony Knows How. So that was a shameless plug to go listen to our other episodes. Um, even Ben's parents are questioning what the hell the purpose of him continuing this documentary are. Mm-hmm. Um, is Ben just wanting to make sure he's not a failure? Is that why he continues? Does he does he think he's justified in keeping going, or should he have just stopped there? What do you guys, what do you guys think? I think I, he, I think he wanted to make sure he wasn't exploiting him. Okay. First, yep. I think he thought originally it was going to end with his death, and right. when he realized he's going to keep going and he wasn't actually going to die, he didn't know how the film was going to end. And yeah. then by looking into it, he's like, "Oh, I'm kind of exploiting him. It's a death documentary. Now, how does it end?" Yeah, and that was a recurring theme throughout the the whole second half of the documentary. You know, how and I mean, his dad asked him, like, in a perfect world, mm-hmm. what's your ending here? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was lost on Jonathan that your perfect ending is me dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry that I'm not, yeah. you know, <clears throat> doing that yet, you know, but kind of fuck you if that's really what you want, you know, and, you know, but do you continue, you know, where's your story? And, and to, to speak to, in my opinion, some of what I consider to be a, sort of a forced storyline in this you know, I, in in part of this, I, I lean tor- more toward Katie's uh, impression of this documentary, where I do kind of, after watching it, during the watch, I was glued. But after watching it and doing my notes and everything, I'm sort of going, okay, you had to find something interesting about what was going on, so you put in your own, uh, Ben, put in his own you know, story into it, which is not a bad thing necessarily. Um, but I don't think that that was the intention. So I guess my question is, does he keep going so that it's not a failure and a waste of his time? Probably some of that. Um, I think he's justified to keep going. I mean, you, you got the permission to do it, so finish it. Um, but I can't say that I would have continued after this point. He definitely believed, in his vision of everything and he already had producers and Mm -hmm. the gear and had spent however long filming already like he had a story and the story he wanted he was working on but then this other crew comes in and the things he wants to film he's now fighting for that space to get right so it's like you know what not quite as much of a gimme anymore yeah and and he can't even film the other crew because they don't want to be in it he has to blur everything out with them yeah which is a which is a feat in you know post-production and everything as well yeah um okay so we so he talks to his parents you know and then we cut back to him being in another one of of jonathan's shows 
Ben goes into the green room, and there's a guy there, a guy that says his name is Chad. Chad starts asking a whole bunch of questions about the the filming, the production. And Ben's like, okay, but but who are you? Why are you asking so many questions? Um to this uh, this unknown man is so curious about his documentary and he's just kind of going why what's going on well it turns out that mad chad is a mad documentarian chad. as well that jonathan <laughs> has given permission to yet another person to make a documentary about the amazing jonathan there right. is a third wow. crew making a third completely unrelated documentary mm. on the same thing this time Though Ben finds out that Chad had actually started filming two years earlier, making him the original, which means that Ben was stepping into Chad's world, just like the big wig company was doing into Ben's. Everyone's still tracking? Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> were you guys saying what the fuck as much as I was at this point? Like, like holy shit. Really? I got up from the couch and had an Oreo and said, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking the same thing. More the mirror. What the heck? The yeah. Big Jonathan was just, hey, whatever. Yeah. He just rolled with the punches at this time. Just, just pure chaos. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he enjoyed it. That's what it sound, looked like. Jonathan? Yeah, I think he enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I was like, Ben, just quit, man. Like, I feel like at that <laughs> point, I don't know that I would have felt, maybe it's a self-confidence thing, you know, going, mm. I don't know that I'm going to be able to hang with, all, you know, I don't, I don't even like to... Uh, you know, I don't even like to compete in like sports and things right. like that. I don't, I don't, I've never been very competitive. So if I'm sitting there going, if I'm not the one who's doing this, then, you know, I don't know that I want to do it at all. I don't, You're going to compete with other shots, other like right. cameras and other yep. interviews. Mm-hmm. And like after he does that interview in the green room, he's got two other crews he has to do it with. Mm-hmm. Like every time he does it, he's going to have to do it three times. And he's right. not going to want to. He's sick. Yeah. So not everybody's going to have the best stuff. Yep. And it's just madness. Yeah. And, and I, I was getting pissed at Jonathan at this this point too you know and like dude, come on you're doing it on purpose yeah that's why i thought he called around. them yeah the yeah. audacious jonathan <laughs> yeah yeah that should uh, yes. be the name of this doc yeah <laughs> so ben actually goes to chad and actually apologizes um saying you know i didn't mean to step on your toes like right. i didn't know and you know Chad basically he says I appreciate your apology but it's not necessary everyone's just trying to do their thing you know this is a competitive world we're in um no you didn't know you were stepping on toes and even if you did Jonathan gave you permission to do it so you know you're fine which is when we find out that Chad is actually Mad Chad, uh, who's a chainsaw juggler. So just add a little bit more weirdness into this. Which how do you start that? Do you just go in the garage and say I'm going to try juggling? And you just close your eyes and you point. Hopefully you start Chainsaw. with it turned off. <laughs> well, yeah. he's been doing you start this for with while, hammers you know? and it fell yeah. on your head and then you go to chainsaw. Yeah, been doing it yeah, for you a get while. stupider been after doing it for yeah. a while. You know, entertainer. And then you got a chance to talk to somebody that's up there too in the big world with him. And that mm-hmm. could be more uh, like light on his, on his uh, entertainment. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I felt about Ben. So I'm, I'm going back to Ben. Yeah, go. I think Ben was struggling. And I think that was like his big thing yeah. that can bring him out. Just by watching uh, watching his life and everything and how he lived and how things were unkept. 
you know. Yeah, and and let's get into that a little bit. You know, we go back to Ben questioning everything about his own film. Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be good enough, or is it going to be better than the other two films? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I make my own story stand out? His dad questions him. What in, I think it was his dad that questioned him. You know, mm-hmm. what interested you in a dying magician in the first place? Why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Um, and then Ben's friend telling him, "Keep going, because if you stop, you fail out automatically." Right. You know. Right. So. What's your advice if Ben calls you in this situation? <laughs> Katie, what are you telling him? Um, I'd say you're up shit creek, keep paddling. <laughs> it's a good show too. Shit's yeah. creek. <laughs> yeah. Up shit creek, keep paddling. Um But your your suggestion is keep going. Right. You just you have to be the one with your head above water. So mm-hmm. keep your list tight and say, I'm gonna be the one with the first interview. I'm gonna be the one mm-hmm. picking out the best shots and know that shit's going to get weirder because you just found out that there's a second and third documentary Mm -hmm. crew. It's probably going to get worse. So just stay on top of your game and keep going. Yep. And, and to speak to what James had said too, Ben starts to wonder if maybe his mom's death, Mm -hmm. um, kind of attracted him to filming death or like the end of days, which is possible. He was young when she died and he Mm -hmm. was filming. I mean, we saw old footage of his mom. She must've had cancer of some sort because she had, you know, uh, a a bandana on her head, head, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, maybe that was something ingrained where he felt he was doing some sort of homage or he had some attraction toward uh, the sort of darker feeling uh a way to relieve that emptiness inside him um then he reads a letter that she wrote to him and this is when james was talking about they really focused in this documentary on the fact that there was a bunch of dog poop in the yard Mm -hmm. and the fact that the uh dishes were not done Mm -hmm. and it was just some some of the sort of choices that they made um which i didn't actually catch james brought this up to us earlier today um that they they focus on some of his house yeah some of the unkept Mm -hmm. areas which starts to make you wonder you know how ben was struggling which i think is what you were talking about james exactly yeah Hmm. um and he reads the a letter that his mother wrote to him uh encouraging him never to give up his creativity um which this sort of serves as the you know we're at least supposed to i think uh interpret this as his little spark to keep going. So Ben goes and sort of gets on Jonathan's case. He tells him, he tells him, uh, you know, you're not telling me things. You're keeping me out of the loop. Uh, they went, he finds out that, that Jonathan went to Chris Angel's walk of fame, uh, star unveiling. Mm -hmm. He feels Jonathan's keeping stuff from him. And he's like, Hey man, you have three documentaries that are being made about you and you need to be telling us things. You're doing things like, like going and doing cool stuff that this could be something in our documentary. And Jonathan's like, like three documentaries. <laughs> four. <laughs> you mean four documentaries. He says, don't forget about Nikki. And the camera don't zooms in. The camera zooms in on Jonathan and he gives this little smirk like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't tell you about Nikki, did I? Right. There, ladies and gentlemen, is a fourth documentary that had been started to be made, or at this point that Ben believed was still being made, 
about the amazing fucking Jonathan. He's not that interesting. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it turns out Nikki's documentary, though, had stopped being made. Um, whether she got, I think they said she got terminated or something like that. She stopped the project for undisclosed reasons. Okay. I got to wonder <laughs> what that's all about. You know, um, Hmm. She didn't want to be on camera. She didn't want her, you know, anything to be used, but she was willing to give Ben all the footage she got. She basically said, I don't want this anymore. You can have it. Well, hmm. this was a, probably one of the more interesting and weirder parts of the documentary to me because when Ben started going through the films, what did he find, Bryce? He found the exact same things he filmed. Yeah. But pr filmed prior. Yeah. Years. Years prior. So, <laughs> Almost verbatim. Yeah. I mean, he's saying the same jokes. He's given the same reasons. They're they're saying the same words. Mm. And come to find out, Chad had the same footage too. Chad's like, yeah, those are the same things that were said to me. So Jonathan knew what sounded good. Mm -hmm. Jonathan knew he was trying to sell it to all the buyers. This is my story. Four specific buyers. Four yeah. buyers, right. <laughs> and we're they're all going to end up with the exact same... Documentary. documentary so you know to ben's credit at least he tried to come up with a way to make this you know interesting his yeah his he tried to his. investigate what was happening or right. he put all the yeah. pieces together yeah um <laughs> then okay so so that that's the biggest you know the 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 thing the big twist about this film was there's four different documentary crews that have been working with jonathan and none of them mm -hmm. knew about each other except for maybe the big wig guys they knew and didn't care. Right. Um, then we get into a part that I don't want to spend a ton of time on because I feel like this was the dumbest part of the film. Um, I feel like it was something that was done to just grab some attention. I feel like it wasn't something that needed to be there. It was stupid. Ben starts watching footage of himself and Jonathan as a documentarian would do, right? He's, he's reliving stuff. When Jonathan tells him he doesn't want to be filmed smoking meth, um, Jonathan says, Ben, I want you to smoke with me on camera. And Ben's like, what? He said, if you're going to be on there with me doing that, then you can show it if you show yourself too. Basically saying, the only way I, I don't want you, because Ben's basically asking him, why wouldn't you want me to show you doing that if you're going to talk about it anyway? Mm -hmm. He's like, well, you do it with me then and tell me you want to be on film. So Ben contemplates doing this. He he reaches out to his friends and, and asks other comedians and stuff, even reaches out to a lawyer. They all pretty much give different answers, but mostly uh, this is stupid, don't do it. Some mm. of the comedians are like, you know, well, that's commitment. I don't know if I would do that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Eric Andre. It's like, he's absolutely. Like, yeah, you need, to, you do need this. to do it. Yeah, but right. that's just on brand for <laughs> yeah. Eric Andre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and just to me, you know, if this was the entirety of the documentary, this like 10 minute stretch of this piece, I would have thought this was the worst thing, the stupidest thing ever made. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed like such a big stretch. Like, it almost felt like contrived drama. Like, I'm going to, he goes in, I'm going to, uh, I want to smoke with you. And he's like, no, you fucking don't. Like, I'm not going to be. Well, it's uh, almost like he didn't even remember the conversation. Well, he didn't. He didn't. And he had to bring in and show him the recording because he didn't remember things he'd said. Right. It's just pointless. And, and I think, I think a lot of that too is because he didn't think that he would ever actually do it. Yeah, he didn't who, really want him to actually do it. Yeah. Right. Who would take you yeah. up on that? Right. right. <laughs> 
and the fact that he found that and said, I'm going to go do it so that, and at least it's implied that he does it. So he goes yeah. there. He, uh, you know, Jonathan's not going to fight him too hard. He's like, all right, if you want to do this, you know, like I don't. any typical drug user. Right. Because at first he's like, I don't want to be the reason to get mm-hmm. you hooked on this. But then he's like, but if you want to do it, I'm not going to be the one. And he loads up the, right. the pipe form or whatever. And it just felt like a stupid stunt. They paused the screen, you know, right before Ben did it. They put the little black box over it and they imply that he did it. Now, mm-hmm. do we think that he actually did it? I don't yes. know. <laughs> I don't know neither. He definitely did. He definitely did it. Because he was in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was it was in his mouth. He it was lit. absolutely did it. And then they played the recording uh, of the voicemail of the law office calling him back. Yeah. Saying you should put a black box if you're yep. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of the and same. And he wants it to be different than everybody else's. He's right. willing yeah. to go above and beyond. He, I think he totally he's did it. He's so desperate yeah. for that competitive yeah. edge. That's that, that that's, he's... Like I said, it goes back to how he's living. You know, I mean, oh, you how you living. You, 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 his you house know, and his, his house backyard. Upkeep. He's trying to make this into something. Okay. Yeah. And, and neither just, one of the people that did a documentary would do would do that. No. But the you thing know. is is they never through the remainder of the document they never talked about it again. It didn't give him any exclusive Nothing. like like rights. It didn't give make him the person that Jonathan was like, "Now we're cool and you're going to get everything and everyone else is gone." Mm-hmm. It didn't give him anything. Mm-hmm. I don't anywhere. even think he was going for that. I think he was going for just like look at the guy like the negative shock factor. Yeah, the negative thing cuz sometimes in movies negative can bring more fame to you than the positive, you know. Right. And they really see him smoking that stuff. And the first thing I thought was, man, you so stupid. That's yeah, right. me too. Like, th- this is dumb. Right. You're dumb. I, I get it. You know, and then, that's ben, I get it. Yeah. if you're listening to this, that we was dumb. We all think you're stupid. <laughs> or at least I, that was stupid. Yeah. I think I, you think it was wise to do that, but, but it, it was on. Wow. <laughs> I think he realized how dumb it was, but... I don't think he was gonna smoke meth for nothing, so he, so he had to he had to keep it in. <laughs> yeah, I guess, okay. man. I feel like I would have hid that. <laughs> like, no, yeah. never mind. Um, okay, so at this point, then Ben gets an interesting call from one of his producers. Um, apparently, the producer out of the quote unquote big wig company, whose big Oscar winning the the big Oscar winning producer for this company, whose name is Simon Chin, mm-hmm. was supposedly. At the helm of this second documentary, right? The crew number two. So they said. So they said. So it turns out Simon Chin is saying that he is not involved with that second documentary at all. In fact, he didn't even know about it. So it might be at this point that the company who, or the producer who did Man on Wire, Searching for Sugar Man, the, the famous production companies, putting together the other documentary, but there's just sort of someone claiming that, right? Hmm. And the question is, are they claiming to be someone they're not? Are they? Does Jonathan even know this? You know, they they don't really know. Um, this whole thing starts leading Ben and his friends and the audience to start wondering the same thing. You start making a film about a man who has had a year to live, right? Mm-hmm. But he's lived for four at this point. He said he had a big film crew. Turns out he doesn't. Can we really believe anything that Jonathan says? <laughs> is he a true illusionist, prankster, comedian that's just kind of pulling the wool over everyone's eyes? That's what everyone's thinking, right? Even one of Jonathan's friends pulls 
pulls Ben aside at this party. So this guy named Bruce. Hey. hey. Um, and tells him that there's things going on that, you know, wink, wink, you might want to wink, wink, no, uh, be, and be careful because there's wink, wink more to the story, right? <laughs> what do you guys think at this point? Did you think he was faking it? Because they are, they're, they're considering the fact that, is he even sick? I believed he was sick because they were talking about cardiomyopathy and the doctor's appointments they'd been to. I believed his wife believed it. Yeah. And if she believed it, then I believed it. Yeah. I believe he was sick True. also. Yeah. Did Was there any piece of you guys that was questioning at this point? Like, is he really just like faking all this? Could it be? I mean, we, we got to see him take all of his medications and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like we kind of felt it was real. But I think if we were there... And we sure. were just, you know, friends that didn't get to see all that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the inside like, private life. Yeah. Right. We'd be yeah. like, is he really sick? Right. Because Bruce was in, introduced as Jonathan's best friend. Right. And I don't know how real that no, was. But yeah. That's a fair point. Like, yeah. they might have been looking in from the outside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they didn't know his medical history. They hadn't seen mm-hmm. medicines. They didn't watch him deteriorate. They just yeah. see him on stage. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. When so, I saw those medicine bottles, I knew yeah. he he was because you know I, I gotta take what six different ones myself. So yeah, I, I got a box of fat. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So after he finds out all this or starts thinking about it, he starts having doubts. Um, for some reason, it becomes impossible for him to get a hold of Jonathan. He tries and tries. He calls. And that voicemail was so annoying. I know. I'm trying to remember now what it was, but it was something like... He was like, like yeah, hey, how you doing? Hey. What's up? What's, what's up? up? <laughs> this is Jonathan's voicemail. <laughs> like, oh, God, that's annoying. Mm. Uh, but he tries. He never gets anything. Um, then Ben decides... He, he starts doing some searching about the other document documentary crew. So the big wig film gets released at the Just for Laughs Film Festival in Vancouver. So Ben's like... You know what? I'm going. I'm going to go check it out. There's a Q&A with the people who made it. Um, and he hires a fucking actor. Yep. Genius. So, yeah, to Genius. go there as well. Um, so that the actor can ask him, ask the the, the big wigs, quote unquote, about their involvement on Man on Wire and Sugar Man and all of that. So they see the film. There's only like 20 people at the, at the screening, including... Ben and the actor. They said 22. Okay, so yeah. So not <laughs> it was a very sparsely populated right. theater. Um, and they, they open the QA, and the actor says, you know, was your filming process similar to the process you used on Man on Wire and Searching for Sugar Man? And they completely stuttered. They barely they answered. shut down. They dodged yeah. the question. They're like, well, you know, No. It wasn't the same. And next question. We have question. to go. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, you know, solidified to all the listeners and all, or all the people watching and whatever that they maybe didn't have anything to do with that company that made these Oscar winning films. Right. Um, and for some reason, and I'm not sure why, um, maybe I just, uh, you know, whatever. But ben, in Ben's mind, all these signs of treachery leads back to Jonathan. Um, so he finally gets a hold of Jonathan. Right, the the big wig film didn't do as big wig as is nobody you know at least according to what it looked like on here. If you search 
the Amazing Jonathan documentary, you don't find that film, you find this one. So I don't think that thing did any, it was, was any, you know, It's dead. Fame. Yeah, it's dead. Um, but he finally gets a hold of Jonathan and he decides to confront him. It's been a while since he's talked to him. Ben calls out Jonathan and essentially accusing accuses him of fabricating his diagnosis. He claims that he's been deceived and that he doesn't know what's real and fake. Um, and rightfully so, Jonathan starts to get defensive. Uh, he claims that he's not lying. Uh, he says, why would I lie about this? Why would I hurt my own career and my family? And to just to lie about this, he calls Ben a fucking idiot. And he walks away. He's like, basically, get out of my house. Insulted, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel watching that interview? Like, I was on the fence at that point. Um, I was cringing. <laughs> I mean, you you can be a good liar. He he looked like he was telling the truth. He looked yep. personally offended and very deeply hurt that yep. someone would accuse him of that. So I definitely believed him. Um, but in my head, I'm listening to those questions. Like if you ask someone if they if you, like, did you take my twenty bucks? Why would I do that? Why would I do that to you? That's right. a liar. But he definitely wasn't lying. He was Agreed. in a lot of pain and he was very sad. I got I got the uh-oh cringe yep. as he was talking. And I feel Secondhand like- Secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. I feel like Ben almost felt the same way. Yeah. When he started asking him, he's like, well, I've already kind of committed to asking him this question. So it might mm -hmm. as well. But I almost feel like I need to start retracting this right now because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, the, your answer is, is legit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bruce- Lied to Ben. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I don't know if Bruce was trying to, you know, the skeptic in me wonders if that was a planted thing for the sake of the documentary. I don't know. But, I think he probably just wanted to be on TV. Yeah, and, and wanted to, to stir the pot a little yeah. bit. Like, he, I'm his best friend, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he said, get get film whatever you need to get because you don't know when that's going to stop. Going to stop. Right. And then he doesn't hear from Jonathan for yeah. a long time and then he finally gets this clearly like lighting set up and yep. final like interview mm -hmm. thing and then asks a stupid question yeah, <laughs> yeah and he like, makes an accusation like a setup basically yeah. yeah james were you were you where were you at in that point well <laughs> i just had a little laugh that's all i had on yeah. that one because he could tell that to me ben did what he know he felt in his mind that he didn't know what to think so many different things coming out of him so many different people saying things so he had to find out for himself yeah but then when he came and talked to him you can see the recognition that uh oh well i shouldn't say that because he even asked him uh come back come back you know but yeah. softly and all that stuff yeah you know so it almost felt like you know you've got a you know a spouse that that kind of makes up their own story about mm. their spouse, like stepping out on them or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And you make up this story in your head that, you know, all signs point to that because you're, you're, you're trying to, even if it's subconsciously trying to create a, 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 a dramatic situation and you're kind of going, I have a, a concern that this thing bad is happening. So I'm going to sort of, what do they call it? Uh, a bias. Um, when, when you are kind of, uh, unconscious bias. Yeah. Like, sure. Where you're sort of like, ah, uh, there's a word. Mm. Prejudice or. Well, like when you're trying to, 
you, you almost find see the signs that point. Oh, toward, when you look for things that are yeah, wrong. Yeah, and it sort of it, it makes its own story. So you make your own story in your mind hmm. um, about what's going on, and then when confirmation you, bias. Confirmation That's, bias. Thank yeah. you so yes. much, Katie. Yep, took me a minute. Yeah, me too. Obviously, <laughs> um, and you know you you're looking for those reasons, and then they seem to show themselves. But yep. if you were to step back, zoom out a little bit, they might not look as clear cut. And I feel like. You know, Ben talking to Jonathan was sort of like confronting his quote unquote spouse, you know, in the in the scenario where it's like, oh, no, I'm the one being dumb here. <laughs> like, yeah, Jonathan might not have made all the right decisions and, you know, getting all this drama, you know, stirred up and everything. But y- you're not doing what I accused you of doing. And now I look like the jackass. <laughs> um, so anyway, in a last ditch effort to try to make something of his film after Jonathan told him off uh and is pissed at him, Ben flies to London. He goes to London to... Recruit an executive producer. Right. Late in the game, he decides to go talk to the man himself, Simon Chin, who was responsible for Man on Wire, Searching for Sugar Man, the the two documentaries that are talked about more in this documentary than anything else. That Jonathan told everyone (laughs) he was a part of. Yep. Yep. Mm. Um, and Ben explains everything to Chin and he's, you know, the other guys claiming his involvement with the movie, which, you know, Chin still denies. He tells Simon that he's convinced that Jonathan is actually sick now. He says, I believe he's actually sick. Then plain and simple in a, in a stroke of, you know, some brass balls, he, yeah. he asks the big executive, the Oscar winning, you know, producer, would you be introduced, interested in producing my film? Um, this would mean that Jonathan wasn't lying or even unintentionally lying, uh, when he said that he was going to have Simon Chin on his, you know, working on his film. Um, and we're left with sort of a cliffhanger. Simon doesn't look real excited about it at that point. He's kind of looking, you know, but again, I wonder how staged that was to try to raise some, you know, but he I mean, him. he produced it after all, so he like, did. did he right, put he did. that in there? Did he create that <laughs> right. now? I, right. I think he got his natural reaction. I think he definitely had to, you know, do his research after that, but he uh-huh. definitely was like, I'd think about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wonder if, if Chin was kind of pissed. Like, I, I, part of me wonders, like, you set me up with this. You put yep. me on camera yep. to ask me this and to yep. get my reaction. Because it looked like a pissed face. Like, yeah. It looked like he was like, Really, I was pretty dude. embarrassed for him. <laughs> yeah, like really, you you brought me here to ask me about something that I'm being, you know, somebody was it was was Using claiming my, my involvement. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. now you're gonna ask me to do it. But right. whatever happened behind the scenes, you know, with a snap, Ben's back in Detroit. We're left with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets up with Jonathan at a retirement community where they're celebrating Jonathan's mother's 90th birthday. Um, Jonathan's in his uh, mobility uh, scooter thing, uh, and Ben pulls Jonathan aside. and And to Jonathan's credit, he's pretty open to to Ben. You know, he's like, "Yeah, we'll go, we'll go talk. That's cool." Um, he says, "I owe you a few apologies." He apologizes for leaning too far into the death side of Jonathan's story, essentially saying, "Yep, I was waiting for you to die," and that feels like exploitation, like Katie was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been the perfect ending, but. I realize that that's not right. And he also 
apologizes for questioning the validity of his illness. And Jonathan has a great response to that. He says, Ben, I questioned the validity of my illness. I'm sitting here thinking I have a year left to live. I don't blame you for questioning that, but you got to understand before you accuse me of that, you know, how that's going to make me feel because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here wondering when I'm going to die. My mm. clock's run out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but this is the point where we, it is revealed that Ben was able uh, to get Simon Chin to join them as an executive producer. And Jonathan is happy. Yeah. Um, the first person he tells is his mom, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he then proceeds to brag about it to every single person at the party uh, everyone's proud of, proud of jonathan um it seems like the audience is proud of ben at this point and that's the end of the film i mean the final scenes of the film are ben pushing jonathan through the streets on a wheelchair we get an audio phone call of simon chin saying okay i got some information for you apparently there was a person from the big fake big wig you know film crew that had asked somebody from Simon's company, can we borrow some filming equipment? And they said yes. So in a roundabout way, his he company was involved. Was involved <laughs> and so somebody said somebody, like up. we're yeah. associated mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And then the rumor just like exploded, exploded all over itself. And right. And, they, so and they hammed it up. And it's almost like, you know, when they got called at their film debut on it, they're like, I didn't know anyone was really listening to that. But like, yeah, the guy who- When you, you shout it, right. people are listening. I, I think when their subjects started to brag about it so much. Yeah. And that that was their hook uh, to get all this access yep. and be kind of like the prime crew get getting all the best spots and everything. Like they weren't going to say, no, we don't have that. Right. Well, when you have <laughs> Simon Chin- who has no problem having his face on camera when you've got mad Chad who has no problem having his face on camera, mm-hmm. but your crew, you're hiding something. If you're wanting to be hidden, if you're denying all the, the filming, you know, uh, uh, yeah. access. Yeah. Access, yeah. So that's the end. That's it. Uh, it should be noted after this film was released on February 22nd of 2022 at the age of 63, which is almost 15 years past his life expectancy. Jonathan Ciesels died in his sleep of heart failure at his home in Las Vegas. A memorial service was held for the amazing Jonathan, where he was humorously eulogized by Penny Wiggins, also known as uh, Psychic Tanya, Mac King, Butthole the Clown, <laughs> Billy the Mime, Chris Angel, Tapeface, and Harrison Greenbaum. Um, so rest in peace, amazing Jonathan. Uh, well done living your life longer. Mm-hmm. I wish you had done it a little healthier. And but you know, good for you for doing what you love doing. Uh, I think it should also be noted that despite Simon Chin's involvement in this film, this documentary did not win any Oscars. <laughs> Uh, it did get some nominations at like Sundance and Cinema Eye and things like that, but no Oscars, no nominations, nothing like that. So anyway, that's it. How did you feel after watching? I've been asking you guys about your feelings <laughs> a lot today, but uh, yeah. I, Bryce? I felt relieved. I I felt it was a good ending because with all the distress and all the pain that Ben went through, he finally wrapped up his story, not how he planned, 
but he got it done at whatever cost. Yeah. Whether it was smoking meth or <laughs> here's a better idea, flying to London and getting a big name executive producer. Yeah, that's a better Yeah, that's better probably choice. the better yeah. choice. Yeah. If you have healthier. to choose between the two, go to London. One's easier. Yeah. <laughs> the other's is healthier. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you decide which is which. Yeah. yeah. It, Katie... Um, I brush my teeth after. Because um, <laughs> uh, I, I just I yeah. couldn't stop feeling it. And then yeah. I took a nap because I felt that was a better use of my time. But <laughs> yeah. wow. He'll thank you for that. <laughs> um, James, feelings. Tell me about your feelings. Well, I didn't brush my teeth, so you know. <laughs> I know I can smell you from over here. <laughs> I can smell me from over here too. Oh, well, yeah. Is that why that microphone's labeled James only? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. James's beard only. Yep. This stuff is starting to melt off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I at the end of the video, I thought, okay, I thought, yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, Ben and Jonathan were just friends. Buddies. Buddies. Now, mm-hmm. the film, they got closer during the film, and and I think it really didn't matter anymore. Ben pushing him in the wheelchair, you know. Buddy cop. Buddy, yeah. yeah. I don't like driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. You know. All push right. me over here to the uh, bathroom right quick. You got a light on you, Ben? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just every day. You, you know, know, I felt I felt good for Ben and Jonathan for mm-hmm. the most part. The story was a wild ride. You know, I, I felt happy for them overall. I felt sad for Jonathan, but mostly because of his drug addiction. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it was a pretty well-made documentary for what they had. You know, they sold the drama. They succeeded mm-hmm. in keeping me invested. Um, apparently not everybody, mm-hmm. but... Um, <laughs> It's it sort of did feel like they really had to put a lot of things together in order to make this a good documentary, though. And mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that was executive producer Simon Chin going, "Okay, show me what you got," and mm-hmm. now we have We're to make do this some interesting magic. somehow. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, use my money to make it better. Didn't it, right? Didn't it seem like I was telling Bryce this earlier? You know, we watch a lot of documentaries. We talk about a lot of them, but then some of the documentaries, like this one, seemed like it's a. I want to relay it. Reality documentaries. That's what mm. I felt like. Like it was like a reality show, yeah. but a documentary at the same time. You know. Yeah. But it's a really good point. Yeah. Yep. So it's a lot of drama in this one. A lot of drama. Yeah, and I, I feel like though, without Ben's addition of his own shit in this, mm-hmm. I don't know that this would have been a very compelling documentary. I mean, it, it could have been if it had been made well, but I, I just I don't know. It's hard to know. The the first five minutes was good you yeah. get you get the amazing jonathan documentary and then you get the a different jonathan right. ben, ben. the amazing clusterfuck of whatever also can we talk about the the opening scene where they're talking to the the echo or whatever yeah. and then yeah. ben asks what's the best amazing jonathan documentary and it yeah. replies the uh the jury's the out. jury's still out yeah. on that one. Oh, that's funny like that's foreshadowing yeah, yeah. i wonder <laughs> if i ask siri what the Oh yeah. my um, gosh. Okay, so finally we've come to the time in our show where we need to rate this documentary with an official documentary rating. 
Each crew member scores the documentary on a scale of one to ten items, with one being as bad as pulling a nail through a fake tongue, and ten being as great as drinking Windex so you will keep your clothes on and not streak. That was such a good joke. <laughs> I know. The item that's used for scoring changes each week depending on the content of the documentary we watched, and this week we will be using Documentary Cruise <laughs> as our rating item. So... Let's start with Bryce, since this was your choice. Bryce, how many documentary crews did it take to get you through <laughs> The Amazing Jonathan? I gave it eight documentary crews. Eight, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go right into the middle and go uh, uh, James. King James himself. How many documentary crews did it take you to get through this one? Six. Six whole crews. Six whole crews. All right. One of those crews was terminated, and you got the footage. And yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, we got one and two. Two. The two most important. The big wig two. and Ben. All right. Two documentary. I think she got more ratings out of brushing her teeth. <laughs> yeah. <Did> she? <laughs> she enjoyed brushing her teeth afterwards. I did. I felt so much teeth. better. So bright. If I were to ask you how many documentary crews was your nap after the. Mm, probably seven. Ooh, that's a good mm, nap. That's very toasty. All right. Covered by animals. Yeah, so. that's the best kind of yep. nap. Um, I gave this eight as well. Uh, it took eight you documentary crews. You guys are smoking meth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. I think the main reason for me giving it such a high score was the fact that I did not at any point, unlike the way Katie felt, I felt like I needed to see what happened next. Right. And that's the one thing about documentaries that you don't always get. That's true. As opposed to like, uh, um, you know, Hollywood films, right? Like like entertainment fiction. Because they're, they're telling history or they're telling a story but there's not a lot of i gotta see what happens next in documentaries Mm -hmm. but this one it had me going yes oh my gosh what's gonna happen (laughs) so you know i i think it it for that reason is why it scored not because i loved the you know i didn't have any investment in jonathan i didn't know like his story i wasn't a fan of his like i i don't didn't know about him um ben a sympathetic character sure but not anything that i you know related to too much but i just it kept my attention yeah so for that reason i gave it an eight Hmm. so after averaging everyone's scores the official documentary rating for the amazing jonathan documentary is six documentary crews even more than jonathan had in his real life (laughs) um you all ladies and gentlemen have been a wonderful audience this evening i a special thank you goes to our volunteers King James and Lady Katie for volunteering to come up on stage with me and, of course, my lovely assistant, Bryce. Um, You look so good in those sequins. Yeah, you're looking (laughs) ravishing this evening. Um, (laughs) I want you all to know that if I had to pick someone to saw in half on stage, it would quite possibly be one of you. (laughs) Now, let's talk about next week's episode. For next week, We crawl into the trenches and immerse ourselves into what it was like to be a soldier during World War I. Oh, man. Through an inspiring and historical documentary from 2018 titled They Shall Not Grow Old, this documentary, directed and produced by Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings and King Kong fame, Mm. uh, 
tells the story of this historical moment in world history through groundbreaking computer restoration of never-before-seen footage from this conflict. Have any of you seen this documentary? Oh, nope. yeah. <laughs> you have. Saw it in theaters. Did you? Shut up! Yeah, That's it's so cool. So, it's so good. Is it? Yeah. I know this was one that uh, your sister for our contest, she had mm-hmm. asked for this one. We're like, that's ah, actually on the list that's already. On the list. So <laughs> sorry. Did, do you like this one? It was great. It's so good. Yeah. Really? I'm I mean, looking I, forward to it. I love everything with Peter Jackson. Um, yeah. But. Peter who? <laughs> oh, James. I love you, James. I don't think you very much. <laughs> but you're walking Sometimes a fine line. Sometimes I can't take on my new subjects. I mean, uh, but quit Peter. smoking meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the left. No, <laughs> for this one, we will be joined by two very good friends of the show, uh, Mr. Nick Dolan, a.k.a. Deadeye Nick Dolan, mm. and Mr. Connor Hoynes, a.k.a. Conman. Uh, everyone, please go out, check out the documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old, before next week's episode. It can be streamed on Max or Netflix. Um, as I said at the beginning, rate and review our podcast. Follow us on all the stuff. If you've been listening this long, so we started doing something last week that we're gonna, I'm going to keep trying. If you've been listening this long, go out to our social media, uh, our YouTube, our Instagram, our Facebook, and comment the word. Katie, first word. Duck. Duck. You need to put the word duck on one of our, on, on something of ours, whether it's, uh, this episode or a previous episode say duck or duck you or anything that says the word duck in it and we will give you emoji yeah a duck emoji and we will give you a shout out yeah yeah documentary Documentary. uh we will give you a shout out in one of our future episodes uh so thanks for listening to through the end next week join us as we pay tribute and honor to those who served in world war one one documentary at a time on behalf of Lady Katie, Mr. Bryce, King James, hey, hey. DJ in the booth, and the entire documentary family, I'm your host, Jeff Kalaski. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you keep your minds open and be kind to each other. But wait, I have one final illusion for you all. Since you have been such a tentative audience, and have stayed until the end of our show. I need you all to focus your energy on me. Come on, help me out. <laughs> help me as I make this episode disappear. Alakazam! Alakazam!